0: Welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Jens Schiphol.
1: And that is Steve Jones.
0: And Jens, today on the program, we have a band called Band of Silver. And I know the first thing that comes to your mind is Band of Silver, where, where did they get that name? Where did that name come from, right? Well, I'll answer that question for you because I know it's on the tip of your tongue. Please do. I mean, I'm probably
1: way off. But when I think Band of Silver, I'm thinking like, you know, hey, you live in California. There, we had the gold rush and there's all these silver towns and stuff like what's the history here behind this band?
0: You're so close. And yet so far. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, Band of Silver, their name comes from um, the band. is three siblings. Uh, they all have the same last name, fittingly, uh, which is <laughs> Silver, Silver Nagel. And so I had the chance to talk to uh, Avery, Alex, and Evan Silver Nagel about their band, the formation, um, their new music that they're putting out, all of the good stuff. Uh, Band of Silver, so. See,
1: makes, makes sense. Totally makes sense, right? You were right on
0: though, yes.
1: I was, I was, I think that would have been maybe you know, the next idea had they not all shared the same name, but they really wanted to have silver in their name. Maybe they would have made it sort of Californian like that. But hey, totally makes sense. Very logical. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well done.
0: Yeah. Well, before we get into the the band, we you know, it's been a week, so we. Ch- I think you have actually. It's been a little longer for you since uh, you've been on the on the program. You missed a couple, but uh, we're glad I to have did. you back. Yeah you know we've been putting yeah. out shows we've had so much content recently you know with bottle rock and other bands uh, lined up that uh we've been putting out more than one a week some weeks which is uh keeping us mo- uh, moving and shaking i'll tell you that and i know you're not always available so it's that's right
1: and steve i think that the the most exciting thing about moving and shaking is when you actually do some
0: moving and shaking would you like to demonstrate some of that and shaking. moving and shaking? this is this is as much moving and shaking as i get so you don't yeah. any more than that and it falls into the category of trying to dance and that is not pretty so no one wants to see that at any point I don't have no. rhythm <laughs> I, I, don't I, was have bored, I was
1: bored. I was born with no rhythm it was a tragedy the doctor said oh my god you have a healthy baby boy but he's got no <laughs> rhythm I mean his heart beats but he's never going to dance
0: from the beginning. That's, I think a lot of what brings <laughs> us together, you know, here is, uh, as pipeline brothers. Right. So,
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Steve, thank you for showing off your moves. You know, I knew that was a pretty big stretch for you right there. You know, you're getting pretty, pretty down and dirty. Um, but I do have a story. Yeah, I do. Got, I, do I got go a little bit of story. I've got, um, a little caveat. This is kind of gross. So if you're a a bit squeamish you might want to just forward to the interview
0: don't forward. Uh, stick around this is going to be a great story i can't <laughs> wait so <laughs> oh my god okay so um,
1: um i have decided that um i'm going to go ahead and visit my dad uh so my dad lives up in seattle and i'm going to go see him you know in december but i wanted to see him before that too um he is not as early 80s, uh, lives in a retirement home uh, with his wife, and um, I'm going to go up there second week of October. Uh, So I was just FaceTiming him, right? And um, he was wearing this, this, uh, like this shirt that looked a little bit familiar, but it looked new. And for my dad, that's really, really weird because he is so frugal. He only wears stuff that he's owned for a really long time, you know, like you know all of spot. his
0: attire, yeah, yeah. I know
1: all of his attire because it was basically the same attire that he had when I was growing up, right? It's the same stuff that he had in the 80s, yeah, and in the 70s, and uh, but but this looked like an old piece. This this garment, uh, this piece of apparel, looked like a, you know something he used to wear, but it looked just a little bit too new. So I had to ask him about it, right? So I said, "That is that a shirt or a jacket? That looks kind of familiar, but it looks kind of new." And he and he said, you know, oh well, you know, I, I you know I like this. It keeps me nice and warm and blah, blah, blah. And I don't think he was really able to remember. And then <laughs> and then I said, Hey, you know what? Just if you're looking at the camera, just take your little collar, you know, and go like go like this. Let me see the label. And he loves Eddie Bauer, so I figured, okay, you know, it's probably Eddie Bauer or something. So he does this with a label, but there's no label there. You know, and then he's like, Okay, well, let me take it off, you know, and I'm thinking. I wasn't that serious, right? You don't have to take (laughs) this whole thing off. I mean, never get a good production, right? Yeah. yeah. So he takes it off and then he finds somewhere along the sleeve or something, you know, the tag and it's, you know, uh, the shirt from from Arrow. Uh, But he, uh, it had this really cool like liner in it. So it was kind of like a little, you know, button up lumberjack, Canadian lumberjack uh, uh, shirt, sweater jacket thing. And as he was examining it, he found this tiny little crawling bug, teeny tiny bug, and he's like, uh-oh, and he grabs it and he pinches it and all this blood comes out of it, and he's like, uh, it looks like our bed bugs are back, oh no, and I said, oh, are you kidding me, you have been battling with these bed bugs, and then he, um, he's so used to, you know, killing these damn things, because he's been literally uh battling with these bed bugs ever since more or less COVID hit and it's been like uh it's been like a um an ongoing thing it's like on off on off on off on off and uh and uh, then he shows me his finger right there's a little bug with like blood everywhere I go, oh, yeah. you know i don't really need to see that and then he finds another one on his shirt and And, you know, we kind of go through the history again. It's like, okay, you've had this a bunch of times, uh, the fumigators have been in there, right. They've sprayed everywhere, um, that worked for a very short time, but then they came back.
0: Is it just his place or is it the whole old old folks home?
1: It's spotty. It's spotty. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. they live in a, a retirement community and there are a bunch of different buildings and the building that he's in has like five floors in it. A lot of people uh that live there but generally this isn't a problem it's just for some reason it's been a problem lately um but they've never had this issue before and generally most people in this facility don't have this problem uh then they brought they brought in like the the dog um that can sniff the bed bugs you know it goes through the same training that that uh, the dogs that can smell, you know, bombs go through uh-huh. uh, and, uh, and, uh, the dog found a couple of new places, you know, they got rid of that, um, solved the problem for a very short time. And then it came back and then they decided on the heat. So, you know, so they brought in the special heating equipment and just heated the place to, I don't know, hundred and something degrees for a certain period of time. Uh, so the heat would kill them all. And that worked for a very short period of time until this FaceTime conversation that we just had where he found them on his, on the inside of his Jacket. Uh, and I'm like, oh, this never ends. How do you get rid of this? I mean, my su- next, next suggestion was more or less burn down the building with fire,
0: right? Right. This is the best, uh, next option.
1: Yeah, I can't really do that though. And then I realized, oh, shit, I'm going over to visit him in two weeks. Um, what are the chances that I'm going to be bringing these bed bugs back?
0: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Into the yeah. house. And
1: we're going to have the same damn problem here. So, i don't know steve i do not know what do you stay in his
0: place when you visit or do you stay somewhere else uh traditionally i usually always
1: stay at his place he's got a guest bedroom
0: maybe Um, we'll have to break tradition this time
1: maybe maybe yeah maybe maybe not (laughs) enter the building
0: maybe uh you know
1: do like a a visit in a safe space like in a park maybe distance. at a tennis <laughs> at a tennis court and we'll be on opposite sides of the net you know
0: just this is this is a of. good opportunity to enable uh covid rules by the way so exactly <laughs> covid rules would be perfect uh-huh. covid rules would be perfect and um And we're
1: just dealing with bed bugs. I don't know if this is lots of glare here. Oh, okay. Basically, this is just some shot on the internet with lots of... I mean, these things are tiny. They look big in this picture, but they are so small. They're really, really hard to see. Anyway, I also wanted to say, don't you love my, like... My... um, (laughs) The line on your screen? Yes. The line on my... Yeah, the line on my phone. So this is a feature. It's not a bug.
2: It's not a defect.
1: This is a feature. My (laughs) phone, I paid extra money for this, has a green
0: and pink line uh-huh. and they're so
1: close together that they blend beautifully it used to just be green
0: oh and then it transformed and that's uh, it's expanded i like
1: it i'm just uh, hoping it's going to last another couple of weeks uh until i get my next discount on a phone so
0: oh, oh boy, it'll make it i'm sure huh yeah. Yeah. Well, well, so why we're- when I
1: when I see you when I come back from Seattle, Steve, I might be infected uh, or infested. Okay. I guess is the word. Well, you, I'll away keep you up away Well,
0: COVID rules in in place for sure. So. Uh, right. Yeah. Well. So I was going to as as ask you, you Steve, if, if you can
1: pick me up from the airport and then maybe I can sleep on your couch.
0: <laughs> not with bed bugs. Not with bed bugs. Uh, you're not bringing that shit oh, in my house. You can on. You can absolutely stay in my garage. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of friend are you? oh the kind that will open his garage to you anytime okay so uh yeah not bringing that in my house I'll tell you that so but that's my story but I will I will pair your parent story with one of my own which you know sometimes we have these stories and we you know we're like that's got got to save it for the pod got to save it for the pod and this is one where it's like I got a good story for the pod and I was like oh shit I already told you you know Uh, but but I'll, I'll share it anyway because it's just so damn enjoyable but uh so I was in a meeting the other day uh and my mom had picked up my daughter from school because i didn't have time to between the meeting and another appointment that i had for my son right and so she, she was she was helpful and she picked up my daughter they showed up two minutes before my meeting started i'm in my meeting and then my daughter comes over to me while i'm in my meeting presenting and uh and shows hey look what, look what grandma gave me look what i got look what i got i'm like i can't right now i'm in you know i meeting, meeting, meeting love right and uh uh, and so then I see it later, right? And it's this little mini fridge, a tiny mini fridge that can hold a couple of water bottles or something, not a lot, right? Uh, right. And it's a Pepsi fridge. And uh, and later I find out that uh, that uh, my gr- my mom, my daughter's grandmother, charged her uh, th- thirty dollars for this mini fridge, um, w- um, tucked down from forty dollars uh, which, uh, which she had asked for and took $30 of my daughter's money for this fridge that I'm sure, I'm sure she didn't pay more than $5 for it on, uh, at a garage sale or something. Cause I know my mom, this is what my mom does. Right. I mean, not typically charging my daughter for things, but, but petty like that to, to a degree as well. And, uh, and, and I look, look it up on Amazon. It's $29 on Amazon. And, you know, and, and so my daughter got ripped off by, by her grandmother was not too pleased about it. You know, really wanted the mini fridge. Cause I think she's probably saw it in the back of my mom's car or something and was like, ah, okay. And my mom's probably like $40 and, you know, and she, and I guess she was going to sell it or something. I don't know what she's doing, but Dude, I was like, yeah, I've
1: got no words. I've got no words. I, I don't even know what to say to that. I, you know, when you first told me the story, I'm was she confused about how much it was and she wasn't trying to actually make a profit
0: off of a little kid she's trying to make a profit what's one what's interesting it's not like she needs the money or whatever but it's it's the same sort of thing like my mom took a trip with my daughter uh i don't know a month and a half ago a weekend trip to i think pismo beach or something and my mom uh, to me um, while I, was, I had her in speakerphone order on the phone beforehand or something, and she was like, uh, you know, send your uh, your daughter with $20 in case she wants to buy anything. And my daughter in the background is like, I don't uh, I don't want to, you know, and she wanted to save her mm-hmm. money or whatever. Right. Wasn't interesting. Right. And so and then my mom was like, OK, why don't you give me $20 uh, for food? For, the trip, for this trip that she planned and everything. It's not like she's asking for payment for the hotel, but she, it just had to be that, I don't know why she needed that $20 in that she moment. She needed 20 bucks or for having, something. But I'm like, no, I'm like, this is your trip. <laughs> like if it was different, if she was like, hey, can you help me with this? Or like in advance sort of thing, like we could have talked, but just immediately after my daughter was like, I don't want to bring $20 for this you know, sort of thing. She comes to me for the same exact amount of money. It's just weird, man. Yeah, that's weird, man. I mean, when I was a kid,
1: 20 bucks was a lot of money. I don't know what it's like for kids these days. Is that a lot of money
0: or not? I give my daughter, so I give my daughter $10 a week allowance. Five of it goes to savings and five of it, she can do whatever she wants, save it until she's ready to buy something, whatever, right? But five of it will go to savings and then we'll transfer that to her savings account eventually when a stack of it adds up or whatever, right? Um, right. so that, that's what i give and i i mean we talked about her mom doing the same thing um at uh at their house i don't think she does or she doesn't do it consistently probably but i you know mm. i went to the bank and i got a stack of five so i make sure that i do it most most weeks at least uh yeah that i remember and then i remember i'm pretty consistent overall <laughs> so she's <laughs> that's what she gets so thirty dollars is six weeks of her allowance you know which is not Nothing. Uh right. his little right. little fridge that she just yeah, right. she got duped. And you know, yeah, it's, cu- it's I, I kept it, on
1: trying to think about this in different ways. Sorry to sorry to <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. But I, you know, no, it's, it's a, like a parent, I was trying to step into her shoes. I mean, I'm not a parent, but I was trying to step into her, <laughs> her grandparent shoes. I guess is what i You're I'm not a to grandparent say. either. <laughs> I'm not a grandparent either. Right. And uh I'm like, is like, is she trying to teach her a learning opportunity, a learning lesson? Like, she knows that that uh, your daughter gets allowance, right? So your daughter obviously knows, you know, how long it takes to save up a certain amount of money. So was this kind of like a, a test? This is how my brain was working. Like, okay, so was grandmother, was her grandmother trying to kind of test her to see if it was worth forty dollars, saving up forty dollars, you know, weeks and weeks of saving forty dollars to buy this mini pepsi fridge like was that was that worth it to her like and I, and I and i'm thinking that um you know she was hoping that that your daughter would say no you know that's not worth it but she said yes right i mean there was a little bit yeah. of haggling to to 30 bucks and right. that's that was the sale price right so then i'm wondering okay maybe that was like a uh, like a, a, a a lesson in in how to spend your finances because now she's got this thing for 30 bucks and she doesn't have the 30 bucks. So, was it really worth it? You know, but I don't, I, think, I don't, think, that, mom, I don't think that there's was not it. that much thought. I don't think no. that was it. I think she just needed the 40 bucks and she, she was bummed. That she didn't get 40 bucks and now she's stuck with 30 dollars. and It's just chill t- t- trying to figure out how to get the extra 10 bucks.
0: <laughs> so I call my mom and I'm like, You're taking advantage of an 11 year old, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, I'm like, Give her her money back. And she's like, oh, I wasn't gonna keep it, but she did, it's in her, you know, and whatever. And so the next she time totally she's gonna keep it, you know, over, she's like, The money's uh, in my car, it'll be there till she, you know, till she's there next or whatever. But it's just like, Come on, give her 40 dollars back. You, you owe her more than that because we're taking advantage of a <laughs> An 11 year old right and you had that you had to bust her balls right it's not like yeah. she she was yeah, like no okay, oh no her, she you know, lesson have... is over
1: <laughs> yeah. back yeah y- yeah dog Yeager's
0: like coming at me that's, that's, he's like yeah
1: my dog eats people anymore. i i didn't yeah. tell you that yeah my little dog looks he's he's really a gremlin don't don't get him wet because
0: he will
1: <laughs> oh, no. bite your head <laughs> yeah, off
0: yeah yeah It'll replicate yeah,
1: yeah. Uh-huh. we've we've lost more friends that way
0: so. mm. Well, a couple of good parent stories. Uh, Thank you, Jens. Uh, I think we should bring our guest in now. Like I said, uh, band of silver, we we had uh, Avery, Alex, and Evan, um, and uh, had a good chat with them. We had a a fun time. So let's go ahead and let's bring them in, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Well, welcome, Avery, Alex, and uh, Evan. Um, I want to start by asking... Uh, asking you guys how you have been holding up for the past year and a half. How is How has it treated you? What has your experience been like through everything that we've been going through?
2: We've tried to make the most of the downtime that we've had. Um, we went out to LA and did a lot of writing. And so we got pretty much like all of our 2021 songs written in 2020 as like the world will shut down and stuff like that. And then we've just been trying to focus a lot on doing things digitally and getting our name out there on social media and Spotify and stuff like that instead of doing live shows. But now that live shows have opened back up, we're on tour. We're currently in Little Rock, Arkansas waiting to play live tomorrow. So that's really exciting. Yeah.
0: Nice. So you're excited about the tour. Tell me about what, what you have planned with the tour.
2: Um, We've got um, three dates this week. So we'll play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Today is Thursday. Um, so that's tomorrow and then the next two days after that. And then in October, um, we have, I think, nine more dates. And that's gonna be from October 16th to um, later October. I think the ending is October 27th. And all gotcha. that is with Miller and Fly By Midnight.
0: Yeah, so how'd you get set up with that tour?
2: Um, I think it was, it was through our booking agent. She's working as our booking agent and uh, manager. Her name's Eva and she does an awesome job. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, so uh, going through quarantine, what did you learn about yourself or how did you, uh... What do you kind of take away from that uh, experience so far?
2: Uh, Personal interactions are very important. (laughs) I I was really trying to kind of put myself out there more and go meet people and stuff before the quarantine. And then the quarantine happened and obviously that got shut down pretty quickly. Couldn't go out to bars or a lot of social areas. And so um, we've been doing a lot more hanging out with kind of the friends that we had initially, um, like going into that. And we've just kind of strengthened our bond with them, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, so let's talk about um, kind of growing up. I mean, uh tell me about the music uh that was in your household when you uh, when you were kids and uh and, and Alex and Evan, feel free to jump in too. Okay. Yeah, I think
3: Alex yeah, can uh well, I kind of like the first kind of memories of like music were like uh, we would we took like karate class when we were younger and like our dad would drive to that the uh, rest of that and um, in the car he played a lot of like stuff from the 80s like a lot of Billy Idol he was playing like uh, oh, white yeah. lighting like uh, dancing with myself stuff like that and I remember he would draw on the radio occasionally uh, I remember Fireflies by Al City was like on there and so you
2: remember yeah. when that came out yeah I don't oh, I, I remember going to karate class with him but I don't remember listening to music in the car I remember our dad playing the same stuff whenever she, he would take me to school um, and they were homeschooled, so they, I guess, didn't get as much of that experience.
3: Yeah, but um, I guess me uh, listen to, like, a lot of, like, uh, 80s rock that.
2: And that's definitely influenced our sound.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you, you all took karate together?
3: Um, uh, Evan didn't, but Avery and I did. Were you, did you? I think, uh, so uh I don't really
2: think he went it to them. it regularly. Yeah, he, he wasn't as regular with it. Alex and I were, um, little karate kids,
0: <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Did you enjoy that? I took a couple years of karate growing up, and different types and and everything, and it gives you a little bit of discipline, right?
2: Yeah, Yeah. it it definitely gave us a lot of discipline. I I really enjoyed it. The dojo got shut down, and that was when I was like in third or fourth grade, like I was really young. And then I ended up taking it. Oh, really? I guess I was in fifth grade then. But anyways, um, I ended up taking it again in high school, and I loved it. It was my favorite time of the day. was getting to go to martial arts, and uh, I just I really enjoy knowing how to defend myself to get in a bad situation and then also just hitting stuff is a lot of fun for whatever reason. I'm not typically a violent person, but that's just a really good way to just like calm yourself yeah, down and get exercise. That's yeah. what my
3: uh, chiropractor has his kids do. Is there, If they're like salty or something, he just tells them, okay, we'll go hit the bag for 10 minutes. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll make it 11 minutes.
2: It works just, so well yeah. though.
0: <laughs> it's, it's definitely a good outlet. Ed, uh and Evan, yeah. you started play, playing the drums really young, right? Uh,
2: I started playing
3: piano, a lot. like, I, I have to, like, when you got home to, like,
2: first grade, I guess.
3: Yeah, so I've been playing piano since I was in first grade, but I never really liked piano, so I made a deal with my mom that if I took up drums, I would be able to drop piano, and I ended up liking drums a lot, and that was when I was, like, 11 or 12 or something about, so I've been playing it. For quite a while but
0: and, uh, and did you uh, oh go ahead
3: oh it's just <laughs> i didn't like piano but it was the drum thing ended up working out
0: yeah so your parents were were cool enough to let you have a drum kit like in the garage or what have you that's a loud one to you know for it just was in the room yeah <laughs> it
2: was it was in a did it start in the room downstairs or was it Upstairs uh, first. They, yeah, it, was, it, was it was downstairs. It was downstairs. Yeah, yeah was a, realize, I don't think they realized how loud it was either. Yeah, <laughs> we we had a room that wasn't that was just kind of the room that we had like our toys in and stuff. And this was like as we got older and it was just kind of adapting. And then we put the drum kit in there, and it was just kind of accepted that when he was practicing, it was going to be very loud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know a lot of parents that would trade the piano for a, for a drum kit willingly, right? So so that's very accepting. Did did your parents play music? Then were they musically inclined themselves? Or
2: well, not not really. Our dad
3: played like violin pretty well when he was
2: in like- when he was younger. Yeah, but our mom was um, when he was growing up, she would pick up an instrument like a guitar, and then he'd pick it up with her, and then she realized that she didn't have time for that and then pick up like keyboard later, and then he would pick it up and then just not drop the instruments that she played. And um, they also wanted to make sure that if we were learning instruments, they would be something that we could like do as a career if we wanted to, if that was like our passion or whatever. So they thought that drums and guitar and keyboard were all pretty marketable skills.
0: Yeah, and and Alex, you're primarily guitar, but I mean, you you play a number of other instruments too. Like, uh, tell me about your process of picking up uh, uh, other instruments.
3: Oh, um uh well with keyboard my own also took keyboard, so I was just like, well I'll try it. And then uh I, you know, kinda I feel like that was probably my second best instrument. Um and with drums, I guess maybe I don't I've doing drums, but I ended up enjoying it. Um a lot of this I ended up getting like a lot of practice with this because um when I was in like uh middle school there was uh, the music school I was with uh they were like uh they put like bands together and I was in like three of them and so I had like one where I was like the guitarist one where I was the uh bassist and I would occasionally do a keyboard for that and I had one where I was a drummer so I could just uh I got a lot of practice doing that and um that was also really nice as well because like um other kids would um suggest songs so I got to like get a lot more musical influence from that
0: yeah what, uh, what songs did you like playing back uh, back in those early days?
3: Um, I feel like Jumpin' Jack Flash was like the one that got me like into like music because <laughs> yeah. I was like um, I didn't really have like work ethic back then but like that like the that was kind of like the first song I like played with like a band and then like that was um, I I really really enjoyed it like then so yeah we were playing like some Stone stuff we, were, we played um, uh, Iron Man by Black Sabbath Oh gosh okay. yeah, We, we <laughs> yeah. did that one quite a bit
2: and that Nirvana song. Oh, yeah, the but
3: that was later on,
0: yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and so um, so Avery, you kind of picked up music a little bit later in, in the process, right? You found kind of your, your voice a little bit uh, later. Tell me about that process for you.
2: Yeah, so they were homeschooled, as I mentioned before, and so they had more time than I did going to like mainstream schooling and just being loaded with homework at night. And then eventually I decided that I was going to be homeschooled also, because I had just given up on doing so much homework. I was like, you know what, I might as well just like drop out and do like the homeschool route. And so um, I ended up having more time. And around that time also, they had picked up songwriting um, as one of the classes that they were taking. And they were really good at coming up with instrumental arrangements, but they weren't super great at lyrics. And the main class that I had dropped out of school for was the English class that I was in. And it made me into a really good writer, but I hated it. And then I was like, well, you know what? I could try to help them come up with lyrics. And so that's just how it kind of started. And so since I was writing the lyrics, I also wanted to be able to kind of sing what was in my head going on um, with like the melodies and the timing and stuff like that. And so I ended up just having to start taking some vocal lessons and become a good singer to do that.
0: Yeah. And uh, so tell me about, I mean, kind of your lyrics as you go into writing a song. I know it feels like some of the songs are like you're writing through a character of sorts. I mean, are others more personal to you than-
2: Yeah, a lot of our songs are pretty personal. Like, um, always is about kind of going through some health issues, closures is about a boyfriend that I had. Um, what's the one? Looking for a Friend, that one was about uh, what I was doing before the pandemic, going out and beating people and stuff like that. Stuff like Mr. Morse, which is our most recent release is a character and then there are some others that are a little bit um, kind of, I came up with on the spot. But I guess the typical writing process is either I'm inspired by something and I just write down whatever comes to my head, or I'll be writing with Alex, and our producer, or another songwriter, or whatever, and I'll hear the track and kind of think what the track sounds like to me, and then kind of write lyrics around that.
0: Yeah, and so and so, um, and this might be more for uh, for Alex, but I'm kind of curious of the homeschooling experience and and the creation of bands. Like, how long were you homeschooled, and how did you kind of? meet other kids to to start bands for, uh, with.
3: Oh um I was homeschooled since I was like in third grade and uh so I was taking guitar lessons at um then it eventually got shut down but it plays what's called Jean Port Music. Well I didn't get, get shut down shut but down, it got uh right no it got, no, it got turned into a studio. Yeah Sky- yeah it got bought Skylar,
2: Skylar bought it up. Skylar bought it and it's a
3: yeah.
2: studio. But it's still oh it's a studio now? Yeah oh you didn't know i didn't realize that i just thought he had taken it over oh. okay never mind but played.
3: uh basically um like uh they had a rock band program and um they would you could basically sign up for it and just say i want to be a guitarist and they would put you with like a kind of whoever else was looking for a band or like a they would, yeah, like a bassist or like a drummer or, like singer things like that and i met a lot of people through that
2: so yeah it was a it was a program where they taught every instrument that you could play. And so they had a bunch of their own students and they would just pair students up with each other into this rock band program. Because if you're a drummer, you can't really do a recital by yourself. Um, I mean, you could, but it would be kind of weird. And so it was better to like pair them up with like other instruments that would pair well together.
0: Yeah. Um, and So tell me a little bit about the scene uh, kind of growing up in, in Nashville. Did you guys get out to uh, concerts or there bands that you'd like to see um, you know, coming through?
2: Yeah, there have been a lot of really awesome concerts that have come through Nashville. We've seen Lincoln Park, Imagine Dragons, Panic at the Disco, Weezer,
3: Fall Out Boy, yeah.
2: like any others.
3: Um, I was but uh, um, well, I can't think of the name. Uh, uh, Who we Pumped Up yeah, right.
2: Oh, Foster the People. Yeah, the People. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that was that was really neat. If I could see um, people now. Gorillas. Oh
3: yeah, Gorillas. Gorillas, oh, gorillas I, would be so cool.
2: I will always see Panic at the Disco if they come through town. I just really like their music. Um and then recently we've gotten into a little bit of K-pop and um and so like aespa is this group that's uh they have like digital avatars also and I think that would be a really cool show and then Everglow I really like their music. And then obviously if BTS came in it would be like an event and I would like to just see what goes on at one of their concerts. I think it would be really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um have you guys I mean pre-pandemic um, been able to tour at, at any point what's the farthest your tour has taken you? Through?
2: The furthest I guess would be Wisconsin? Well no, not Wisconsin. I don't right. know. Um I think like this, the furthest away The furthest away from our then town. it was
3: like New York mm-hmm.
2: New, Yeah, I guess New York yeah, would probably be. be this tour yeah. will end up taking us the furthest I think. So we'll be like pretty far west like Seattle and Portland and stuff like that. So a pretty good trek, but um the previous tour that we've done there was one that went across the east coast and there was one that went to chicago texas and then some of like the southern um states
0: makes sense yeah. and and so tell me how uh, you guys kind of landed on band of silver how did they, how did you guys uh, decide to you know what we all of this musical you know uh passion um you know we want we should start a band together
2: I think that was when I joined them for songwriting, and we started coming up with our own stuff. And we thought, you know, this is really cool, and this is stuff that we would like to share with the world. I thought you with the name. Oh, the name, yeah. We're we're the Silver Nagles, <laughs> and so we took silver from that. And but we had we
3: uh, name. our our original name was Silver Linings, and then uh, there was a like a marching band in Sweden that had that copyrighted, even though we, the United yeah. States government gave us the like patent for it, but they. Uh, yeah, you got some like uh, legal advice saying not to do it because the the a Swedish uh, band like on the uh, pattern for that. So then we had to change our name. So then uh Venezuela was speaking.
2: We didn't want any beef with the marching band.
0: <laughs> <laughs> didn't don't want to start things over there, right? So no, no, they seem yeah.
2: pretty chill. So yeah, better <laughs> not to rock the boat.
0: Yeah. So I want to ask you about um, some of your your videos. Um, artificial intelligence. Um, that that's an animated video. Tell me about kind of the, uh, the style of that and kind of where that came from.
2: We've been working with these um, with this group called Layrat Studios, and I think they're in Costa Rica, um, or they might ship it out to other people. But they are super talented animators, and they've done um, they did that video. They did artificial Intelligence, or not. They did artificial intelligence, they did are already not is what I was trying to say, and they did kind of headlights. Um, so all of those are animated by them. I think they used it. They've used different groups of animators for each project, but they've done a really good job and they've been just really good to work with. So that's where that comes from.
0: Yeah. And, and the song itself, um, I'm, and my understanding is it's, uh, I, it's like a disingenuous intellect is kind of the theme of the uh, the song. Tell me tell me yeah. kind of the perspective you went into creating that song
3: um uh, i guess really just at the time i kind of knew people that um uh how do you put yeah like uh either they were just like getting hyped up to be like the greatest of all time or like they thought they were the greatest of all time but it's like they uh, um I know, was, either other it was like either like they weren't or they were just like really like shallow about it or like something and then i, I just kind of put that something together about it yeah. That one it was just a
0: while ago. Though. Yeah, that was like a long time ago. Like- yeah. But um, um what? go ahead. Yeah. Uh am no, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so um so your other videos, um, let me take a look at which other one I wanted to kind of bring up. Um, but uh, oh yeah, here for a good time. That's like a uh, that was like a party scene. Tell me about the creation of that and uh, and how that came about. Um. So,
3: like, the premise of the song was uh, I was trying to like create. It's not like we create something from like the eighties, kind of like in like a death library kind of line. Uh, so the original producer we took it to was like, uh, Mitch Marlowe, and then uh, we took it to Mike Green after that, cause um, uh, we we needed some like songwriting help with that initially, and then so uh, Mitch helped us with that, and then we kind of wanted to like edit like the album, so we uh kind of uh finished the demo with Mike, and then he kind of said like. That we had created pretty much like an exact replica of something out of the 80s but it was kind of dissimilar to like some of our other stuff so we uh altered it a bit and it's still like it has an 85 85 i think but um not like nearly to the same extent as it like used to so um but basically uh we kind of took inspiration from men's like uh like bon jovi they wrote like uh, it's my life and they had have you seen the it's my life video
0: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's been a while and, uh, it's been a while i haven't checked back on it in a while but yeah
3: yeah, there were a couple of videos like that, but uh, you know, like the the uh, like where they're underneath the little arch thing, and there's like there's like all they're like they're in an things. underground
2: tunnel kind of vibe.
3: Yeah,
2: and that's what we—that's the vibe that we kind of asked for for the video. Was like a big kind of underground party type of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and tell me about working with Mike Green. Like, I mean, he was uh, produced, uh, you know, a bunch of your um, recent songs. Like, what what was the dynamic working with Mike?
2: We started songwriting with him back in 2019 and we realized that he just really got our sound, like he picked it up really quickly and we did, um, we initially did three days of writing with him and we've got four songs done in that amount of time and um, we just really liked working with him and so we decided to take um, all our songs to him to get produced.
0: Yeah, and uh, what, yeah. Did br- what did he, what did he, what did he bring to it? That like he, uh, you, you want you brought the songs in, and like kind of what did he pull out of you guys to to make those songs? Um, uh,
3: I mean, uh, I feel like uh, it was kind of, I don't know.
2: I think he, for me, writing the lyrics, especially, he's really big on like getting the melody right. Like the cadence needs to be oh, like, yeah. on. Um, the pitches need to be like correct. Like it, it's not this note, it's this note. Um, so things like that, just being really professional about yeah, that. He kind was really of stuff. good at
3: looking at like really fine details.
2: Yeah. And um, and making sure that Alex is playing the solo. We have um, a take where it's just really clean. Yeah. But it's like, as
3: it would be like every single note would be like, and so there'd be like a take within like 30 notes or something like that and be like, well, well this is this one that we really need to do over. But then the ending product it, is always like really
2: good. But then he's also really creative and really good at letting us kind of come up with the, the ideas that we want and kind of get them down. But then he takes it and kind of refines it and adds in really cool sounds. Like he has a million plugins that he can use. So like oh, yeah. if we're looking for like a xylophone with reverb and distortion, he probably has a plugin that sounds something like that. And so um And so he's really good at just finding that kind of stuff and adding just bells and whistles that we might not think of to the song.
0: Yeah yeah um alex you got a new good guitar recently right oh yeah i did <laughs> yeah, yeah. T- t- yeah. T- tell me about tell me about that how do you like it uh i think it's really cool
3: so you know the song uh shot in the dark by from?
0: yeah yeah
3: um i initially thought you required a Floyd rose to be able to play that then i looked it up on the internet and you actually don't after i got the guitar but it's, uh, i think it's nice to have a Floyd rose anyways because like there's some like uh, Steve, my stuff that um, you can do with like it. Mainly, I just wanted to be able to like bend the whammy bar uh, directing the pitch up rather than uh, down, um, but still also down. But um, I, I mainly just wanted to play Rose, Um And we were looking at uh, several different kind of like play Rose models, mainly from like uh, Plury Smith. And um, they, uh, uh, they, they, I was going to get it custom made, but they were back ordered like two years or something like that. So um uh, my mom found this one on like eBay or something like that and then I just picked up I just thought would pick up them.
0: pretty nice uh, and and Avery I saw a video of you in these really high platforms are you going to be bringing those out on stage
2: Oh the the really pl- high platform shoes are like a Yeah what,
0: yeah
2: what are you, Oh probably not I've got I got a <laughs> pair of boots that's pretty walkable Yeah I've got a we've got a chest that's called um it's a decorative riser, basically, and yeah. I was planning to use that. And I did not want to twist my ankle on that. Um, the high platform shoes are really nice for videos and stuff like that, but performing and like standing around a venue for like extended periods of time, I'd rather have something that's a little bit more comfortable. But um, I do like my high platform shoes; they're really cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, really fun. What are you looking forward to most in, in terms of the the tour? Is there a particular location you want you're looking forward to going to and visiting?
2: Not really. I just think playing live is going to be so much fun and also getting to meet people. We really like working at the merch booth and like getting to interact with fans and like um kind of introduce them to like our music and stuff like that and see their reactions to the set and that that's that's one of my favorite parts. But obviously like the adrenaline rush that you get from being on stage and singing and stuff like that is also a lot of fun.
0: Yeah very cool and and tell me about the experience of writing and recording in la uh, for your uh always ep what what was that like for you guys coming out to the west coast yeah we had to fly <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really
2: like. oh my gosh
3: not that a fan was, not
2: a fan yeah. well it was different because we, it was our first time recording with a producer like we had done some studio work before but alex was typically the one who produced it and so it was neat getting to have somebody like go through and like really make sure that our songs were sounding like as polished and cool as they could. Um, and so that was like, that was totally different. They brought a lot of different ideas to the table that we hadn't had before. Like for, for the um, title track, Always, we had had that song for a really long time and we thought it sounded really good, but he had the idea to add like a string section to it. And I think that really um, kind of improved the song overall. And so just little things like that on all the tracks that just adds up and makes all the songs just sound like as good as they can pretty much.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, did you do anything else fun in LA while you were uh,
2: in the area? We drove out to Malibu and seeing the mountains was really nice. And then um, yeah, we went, went
0: to the beach one time.
2: We yeah, the, that was oh, Malibu beach. beach. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I went to a dirt shop and got some cool pants for my friend because uh, like, a, a, uh, and then we did the Walk of Fame. I also got some cool clothes there (laughs) that were surprisingly cheap, but very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: and, uh, are you continuing to write for uh, a new release? Do you, are you even, are you looking that far at this point? What does that look like for you?
2: We've got our 2022 pretty much planned out, like our songs, um, we know what songs we're gonna release then. And then we are working to get in with more writers um, kind of later this year, probably after like the tour has died down and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. very cool. And and one last question. Uh, with the, When you're on tour, you're in the van, you're uh, dri- driving across, who's in charge of uh, uh, the radio? What do you guys watch or listen to? I, uh, we usually use earbuds. Yeah, we use earbuds. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, do you? Um, yeah, um, we've watched a lot of anime on tours before, um, yep. especially, like, we used to have, um, there was somebody else in the band originally, and he was, like, super into anime, so we watched, like, Science Gate, uh, My, Hero My Hero Academia. What was the one that yeah. you really liked? Future Diary. Future Diary and like a bunch of stuff like that. Um, yep. Just so much anime, but if we, we haven't turned on anything yet, but our van does have a TV that we could use. And um, so we'll, we'll figure something out for that, but it probably will be anime. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, very cool. Well, thank, thank you three for taking the time today. I appreciate it. And uh, congratulations on the new EP and the tour and uh, and for all that you have uh, planned for 2022. I'm sure it's going to be a really fun year ahead and uh, uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, right? So, Yeah,
2: definitely. Awesome. Thank you, well, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank we you really appreciate it. it. It's yep. Yeah, yeah. it was a lot of fun.
0: Hey, yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. You guys have a good one, okay? Thanks. You, you too. too.
2: You Bye. too. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. That was the interview with Band of Silver here on Concert Pipeline. And Jens, that takes us to the final segment on the program. What is it? Well, it's time to discuss some music news, Steve. uh, Our segment where
1: we talk about what's going on in the music industry.
0: That is right. Uh, We each have a couple of stories for you. What's going on in the world of music? And uh, I'll start out here today, Jens. Uh, with a story about Guns N' Roses. Um, Yeah. Yes, who I just saw at Bottle Rock just a few weeks back. Um, Check out Concert Pipeline's YouTube page for a video from that show, including their song with uh, Dave, where Dave Grohl came out in the encore and uh, did Paradise City with them, and that's video uh, has done very well, over 400,000 views at this point. So uh, very cool. That's uh, killer. Yes. And I'll tell you, uh, like everybody's got a voice on the, in the comments on that video, by the way. He's got a lot of comparisons to, uh, to Mickey Mouse <laughs> in, in Axel Rose's voice. Not everybody agrees he's, he's held up. Uh, so uh, but uh, yeah, I'm assuming there. they're talking
1: about his voice and
0: not his ears right yeah well you know he was he was there you showed up he was on time and uh and they they rocked out what more can you want from the guy right
1: that's um, right and they played they played on even when the uh power to their mics
0: were shut off yes uh and he threw the, his mic into the crowd which is pretty baller so i've only seen that one oh, other time sweet. i didn't I saw see that yeah i saw uh trey cool the drummer for um green day do that once uh he popped mm-hmm. the battery battery out of the wireless mic and threw the mic in the crowd which uh which is pretty cool so it's a cool move i mean imagine getting that you know that microphone axel's microphone and just you have axel's microphone then right so
1: yeah um, you got axel and you what you know what you better not you better not ever clean it or <laughs> or touch it you want every single piece of you know s- spit snot whatever uh, yeah. is on that thing to be preserved you know just- oh i can't
0: i i can't get a new receiver and then use that as con- my concert pipeline microphone is that what you're saying <laughs> I-
1: dude you just got to <laughs>
0: bottle up that thing and put it on a shelf i know yeah you, you preserve you preserve it it's pretty that'd be pretty cool anyway they have mm-hmm. announced a new four song ep called hard school school with a k uh and oh, nice yeah, um, and it features Axel, Rose, Slash, and Duff McKagan. Uh, it's the first new record featuring featuring them in 28 years, Jens. Whoa. Holy hell, I want to tell you 28 that... 28 years? I was 10 years old the last time they put out <laughs> music together. Uh, Holy yeah. shit, 28 years.
1: That's crazy. I knew time flies by, but that is a measure of... Like, what the fuck, dude?
0: Right, um, and so they released the the title track. Um, it arrives on February twenty fifth. Uh, it's gonna. Uh, let's see here. Slash and McEgan rejoined the band back in twenty sixteen. They've been together for like five years now. It's crazy because, like, I know they've they've done a couple of tours and I haven't caught them. You you did uh, before, but so this is the first time my first time seeing them in, since the reunion and f- five years ago. Um, yeah. But it's the first time after leaving their uh, 1993 studio album, *The Spaghetti Incident*. Um, uh, yeah, so they not they released the title track. Uh, it's going to include their August single, *Absurd*, written during their Chinese Democracy sessions. Um, I didn't think the rest of the guys were there for that period, which is interesting that they're pulling stuff from that. But okay. Uh, and live renditions of '90s track "Don't Cry" and "You're Crazy" from their debut album. So mm. it's not all new. It's not all new music. It's actually most of it is pretty dated, I would say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but hey, it's going to be a new a new album uh, with a new release date, and uh, we can say that they've you know come together to produce this, publish it.
0: Yeah, back Give in 2019. Uh, McKagan indicated a new album is on the way, but he said they like to keep a sense of mystery. He said there's never been a direct schedule on how we do things. I've heard some magnificent stuff that Axel has, really cool stuff he's been working on. So I'm excited about the possibilities of that, of course. The album is real, but the fun part is the cool part about Guns N' Roses is we don't really talk about it. What happens next just happens. Uh, so, um, yeah. and they apparently performed Hard School for the first time this past weekend in Baltimore. Uh, so, um, Good stuff, new stuff from Guns N' Roses. Have we listened to that? I don't think we have. Um, I mean, I, I guess it's on Apple Music, right? Tr- trying to remember if we've listened to that. Yeah, I, I know, I think we've talked about it before, and,
1: and I was um, listening to a, uh, one of these videos on YouTube that somebody put together of Axel Axl Rose's concert performances over the years, right? Um, where he had his signature voice back in the day. Um, up to you know his very latest stuff, but it was the same song basically, uh, snippets of the same song recorded um, uh, throughout the years, over and over and over again in this video, just to give you the idea of how his voice has changed over time, right? Mm. And it's really interesting to, to to see that stuff because there you are in the cry like Axel, blah, blah. but when you really be analytical, you know, when you're analytical using your analytical ear. Like, shit, man, I feel bad for this guy. <laughs> <I don't laughs> he just, you know, he, he just doesn't strange. have it like he used to. Yeah.
0: No. But here's, here's a little bit of hard school. I don't know.
1: You think, that, no. you think that's his natural voice, or did they enhance mm-hmm. it somehow?
0: I don't think that, that can, that's enhanced. That, that does not sound good to me. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, maybe it was worse, and that's as good as it gets.
0: <laughs> uh, it's what you get.
1: You don't ask for more right. guns and drones. Yeah. I yeah. thought like auto tune or whatever that stuff is,
0: you know, makes anybody <laughs> help, sound like a rock star. Can fix anybody? Uh, yeah. Not Axel. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy that. Sorry, hey, Axel, sorry. man. Yeah.
1: You got a story for a I, chance? I still would go to another Guns N' Roses concert.
0: Oh, I'd see him again live. Oh, it was enjoyable. I had fun, but
1: quality energy, just, man. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's about, man.
0: Okay, so I got
1: a story about a convict. Mm. And what the F is going to happen to his music. So, uh, of course, we're talking about R. Kelly. He was convicted. So the question is, what happens to his music on streaming platforms? Uh, let's find out. <laughs> So back in May, back in 2018, uh, Spotify removed R. Kelly's music from its official playlists. Um, the biggest music streaming app in America said it wanted its editorial decisions, uh, what we choose to program to reflect our values.
0: Mm, you are getting, uh, and it's not political, but it's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, and that makes sense, you know, I guess that makes sense. They're separating themselves from some artists like that, right? Yeah, so.
1: yeah. They, they want to put out the, the, the idea that um, you know, they're not supporting um, this guy's music because of his you know behavior. Yeah. Um, so then three years later, Kelly's tracks are still absent from Spotify's influential curated packages, uh, but the Disgraceful Superstar's full dis- discography was still available on the services app as of Tuesday morning. The day after he was found guilty on all counts for um, uh, in a sex trafficking uh, trafficking trial. Yeah, he got um, busted. He got busted. He got busted for sex trafficking. And um, I just want to ask you, Steve, how was your quick trip to the loo?
0: Oh, the loo? I'm getting some beer, and I'm going to bring you to the other the other half of this. Oh, oh no, shit. <laughs>
1: Dude, I thought yeah. you went to the loo. I thought you pulled it yeah, down. You're so like, oh,
0: okay.
1: This guy's gonna tell a story and I'm just gonna run and pee real quick. And by the time I'll be back. <laughs> You're like,
0: yes, <laughs> yes. So you keep telling the story. <laughs> All right,
1: here he goes. Now he's really going to the bathroom. Um, put the lid down, man. Okay, so Kelly's music was also easily accessible on Spotify's major competitors, including Apple Music, Amazon Music, and the Google owned provider, YouTube Music. Uh, in the wake of Monday's verdict, some on... Oh, hey, Steve, you're back. I am, and you have a beer just for your life. Did you go to the <laughs> loo? Holy shit, dude, thanks. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Did not even see you. I was so concentrated on uh, presenting this amazing story uh, to the crowd, but thank you. I've got a uh, spontaneous surprise beer. All right, what was I talking about? Okay.
0: talking about r kelly all right
1: motherfucker all right so in the wake of monday's verdict some on social media redoubled their efforts to push the major music streaming services um to push them to pull kelly's discography arguing in part that it was wrong to provide a global platform and possibly royalty revenues to a convicted serial sexual predator Mm. spotify apple amazon and youtube did not immediately respond to questions uh, tuesday about what they plan to do with kelly's music library and what criteria they might consider for removing uh the entirety of an artist's work
0: it's time to say goodbye right he can just fly yeah. right away he believes I he know. can fly he can just fly right onto prison he's done he's he's gone yeah
1: yeah seriously like kelly 54 was trailed by troubling accusations of sexual misconduct and abuse for decades even as he climbed the billboard charts he won a grammy Um, He won Grammy awards and entered the R&B blah, 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 yeah, exactly. Just like you said with the smash hits, like I believe I can fly. You know what? I agree with you. Like you can fly into the hole that he's gonna be in. Um, But it brings up a a great point, you know? I mean, there are people in history uh, that have contributed, uh, you know, to the greater good uh, in just amazing ways. Um, But when you look at their you know, personal behavior, personal they're, pieces life, yeah.
0: they're pieces of Cosby shit. They're pieces of shit. Cosby and, you know.
1: Right, uh, that's a great spacey like, and, yeah. Ex- ex- exactly, like, I remember when I grew up, um, I loved, uh, this was before that Bill Cosby show thing. He had like, he had his comedy uh, that you could buy on like vinyl or cassette tape or something. And um, that shit was funny. Like his really early stuff, it was so, yeah. It was so simple, so clean, so funny. It was just—it was great comedy, you know. But now, you know, so much later, um, would you pull that stuff off the shelf because of its, it's behavior? Because it's, you can't separate brilliant. it, right? You yeah. can't separate it, right? It's, it's brilliant stuff. <laughs> it's generally freaking hilarious, and it should be shared because it's got talent written all over it. But
0: yeah. I don't know. And I know there are it's, a lot of comedians who do struggle do. with that too because they looked up yeah. to him and uh and he was I mean he definitely paved the way in a lot of senses. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but he was doing more than just paving the way, he was paving other things as well. And it you know, and it wasn't oh God, I'm kind of sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay anyway, moving on. We're 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 <laughs> fast
1: forwarding to the next thing.
0: Is it is it fast forwarding or is it <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> it's 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 forward winding, Ford winding. Well, forward winding yes,
0: yes. forward winding, forward winding. Oh. okay good well forward wind to my next story ends which is about metallica yes, um, yes. So, last week on the program i shared how they played this really intimate show uh in san francisco twenty dollar tickets uh and they played at the oh, Inde- independent really independent been. right incredible to see right i watched some videos and it was just like the sound was so blown out because they were rocking the fucking house down. You couldn't uh, do it, you know. It's, but you could you just to be a, be there, and it would have been incredible. But it's one of those things. You, no one's getting in, right? So, um, uh,
1: right, I know. It's one of those things that if you were lucky enough to go, you yeah. go. You got to, right? If you're lucky yeah. enough to get a ticket, you go, and you just know it's going to be one of those timeless experiences. For, for, I mean, that's like that's like that's like the time period you want to catch a band before they make it big. Right, yeah, before they can fill a stadium, they fill a tiny little venue like the independent
0: yeah and i've 've seen some shows like like i've seen fun uh I mean a band that I was really i was a fan of Nate Roos and his music, lead singer of fun mm-hmm. uh, I saw yeah. them you know a lot, and I followed his former band uh the format, so i I followed his career, and I saw them at a tiny club in like Sacramento that holds like a hundred people uh sort of thing you know and i saw it before at at that same place Uh, but so seeing them before they exploded and then he disappeared off the face of the earth after that but and but the closest thing i have is i mean i saw green day at the warfield where tickets went like that
2: Uh Uh,
0: after like two weeks after they played att park uh you know and they they played the warfield where they opened for themselves as the network uh you know their sideband sort of thing uh and um and that show was incredible i mean but so to, i've been to a couple of shows where you're just like oh this is the coolest thing right but um right. but that would have been freaking cool
2: i know i know yeah. like
0: foo fighters have played slims before and you know it's just like something like that is just like too cool uh well metallica yeah. per- performed the black album at uh louder than life festival um and uh, so that's their 1991 record. Um, and it's in, they performed it in, in its entirety during a September 26th appearance at the and Life Festival in Louisville, Kentucky. And fan film video has been shared online, of course. Um, they opened the show with 2016's Hardwired and a pair of classic tracks. They launched into full version of the album in reverse order, uh, beginning with the rarely played The Struggle Within and My Friend of Misery and eventually closed with the, uh, the, the regular set uh, with Enter Sandman before returning for encore, um, and um, and so that was their second uh, appearance during the weekend event, uh, and it's just weeks after they released their 30th anniversary reissue of Metallica, which helped a return to the uh, top U.S. top ten charts for the first time in three decades. Uh, so you can check that out if you want to see live video of that, but um, but also something. You know, really cool. They're they're getting out there and doing cool stuff right now.
1: That's awesome, man. I'll never forget how we saw them uh live doing an acoustic set.
0: Yes. It was the That'll it was the last of the uh Neo Young's um bridge school benefit concerts. I mean That's right. That was like the last year, second to last mm-hmm. or something. I th- I think it was the last because they were planning another one, but it, it didn't happen last. or something. But right. Um, and I remember they did hardwired, but they couldn't, it wasn't made for acoustic and they had to stop and start they were it over. trying to figure it out. Yeah. 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 I kind of forgot as they were going along. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, it, yeah. It
1: was funny to watch them kind of struggle with that because here they are, you know, rock and roll superstars. And they're like, okay, how does this acoustic guitar work? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: So <laughs> you got one more story for us, Jens.
1: I got one more story. So um, let me just talk briefly about uh, the great Bob Dylan, he, um, he uh, stopped his shows back in 2019. um, But now is announced the first leg, I guess, of his rowdy, uh, rough and rowdy ways world tour. So I mean, This article says announces U.S. leg, but I don't really believe he's announced the entire U.S. leg because when when you take a look at these dates, it's all East Coast stuff.
0: You think there's going to be more? You're hoping for more? So I'm
1: thinking, yeah, so I'm thinking it's all East Coast stuff for this year, and then I'm hoping that, uh, you know, first quarter next year maybe it's going to be West Coast stuff. Um, So let me... Give you the specifics um and we had tickets to that uh my wife and i we had tickets to see dylan at i think berkeley berkeley uh, whatever that place is called uh, bowl
0: yeah and where you were tasked with bringing content back for the pod and how'd you do yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a different show. That, oh, okay. That, that was the one in Houston, yeah, where I put the tape
1: recorder under my ball sack. It was and, a tape recorder uh, too, was it? Yeah. It was a tape recorder. It was not uh, it was not an iPhone uh that was recording live music, it was a tape recorder that was under my balls with the microphone like shut like, this, right this up. This this'll be good.
0: This is the best to get the best audio.
1: <laughs> Everything sounds muffled and smells sweaty. This is basically mm. what the end result was uh so dylan is hitting uh the road this november for a string of 21 north american headline states um the are whirl- dates what are they states or dates dates 21 north american headline <laughs> date did i say states dates. i think he said okay. states just, but it's great carry on just I ignore, ignore me i just yeah. let you go <laughs> let let my stream of nonsense continue okay so the run will kick off in milwaukee on tuesday november the 2nd wrapping up a month later in washington dc okay so this is only going to last about a month um included in the itinerary is a five show stint in new york with three dates set for new york city and two in port chester and that's not too unusual uh he usually spends you know multiple days in new york city um So, uh, what can I say about this? Uh, The shows were announced as the first leg of a world tour in support of Dylan's 39th studio album um, that's supposed to go on and on and on and on until 2024. Oh my God. Uh, (laughs) Assuming he's still gonna be alive by then. I know,
0: Uh, this is making (laughs) a lot of assumptions, isn't it?
1: It is. It'll be the first time he's played to a live audience. I already said that. Um, But I think Dylan is just kind of, you know, he loves to perform live. And if he lives to be, you know, 100 or 150, he'll keep on doing this. He'll be in a wheelchair, or he'll be in his coffin, you know, singing. Um, And As the years go on, you know, he's able to do less and less and less, you know, you don't really see him do the guitar much. He's mostly uh, either singing or, you know, on the keyboard, Um, but he and his band bring it. I mean, that's some serious shit uh, that you see on stage. And um, I mean, you know, like the critics say, he's performed some of his best music of his entire, or best concerts live, you know, of his entire life uh in, in, the, in the latter part of, of
0: his life so
1: yeah. definitely worth seeing
0: all right well good stuff from uh, from the dylan camp and yens that takes us to our final story which of course has to do with the one the only mr uh dave grohl right dave grohl, dave grohl. yes and and things are times are exciting for dave grohl uh because he's doing he has a first that's happening right now for him which you know he's always doing something new uh but he's talking uh, about his audio autobiography i am it's it's more of a memoir i don't know that you could call it an no, autobiography okay. uh but um but yeah he's about to put out his uh his memoir called the storyteller a bunch of uh, stories from life life lived uh hard you know uh mm-hmm. he's rocked rocked hard Um, that's coming out. But this story was pretty interesting to me. Um, So he helped a Seattle bass player who stopped a gunman to to return to the stage. Um, So, uh, what? yeah, you're about to get some details here, but you'll enjoy this. Uh, So at a sold-out show Sunday night, bass player uh, Darren Wall took to the stage for the first time since he was shot. Um, And in early September, his band Greyhawk was playing a show in boise idaho when a man with a gun tried to enter the venue uh oh, wall pushed the uh the man to the ground and was shot in the leg police arrested the shooter identified as 26 year old ethan bird um wall has been uh resting since the shooting uh, The bullet is still inside his leg uh yeah and wall admitted he was nervous and excited for sunday night show at el corazon after three weeks off his band was ready to perform again they didn't they didn't wait very long, did they? Uh, three weeks. There, you're like, I'm good, let's go. Come on, we got to rock, motherfuckers, right? Uh, we got to do this. Uh, I, I have questions. I've got
1: questions. Like,
0: uh-huh. why is it still in there? <laughs> ah, was just, you know, he just wanted to keep it as a souvenir uh, in, his body. Uh, in and, his body. And so this show is going down in rock and roll history, thanks to Jens. This is where it gets where you you're going to enjoy this, thanks to a throne that uh, was used by only uh, few rock stars who have needed a little help, right?
1: I was wondering where the tie-in was. Now it all makes sense. so rock stars who
0: get injured <laughs> get to get to Our recipients of the, of the throne. yes yes, there are three people who have used it, said Wall. There's Dave Grohl, Axel Rose, who we talked about before. In Guns N' Roses and him—he's the third heir of this throne. Uh, and it, uh, this, uh, for those who don't know, this throne goes back. to, This is Dave Grohl's throne. He used it to rock out while sitting after breaking his leg during a show in twenty fifteen. That didn't stop him. He made this badass guitar rock throne that looks like Game of Thrones sort of thing, but Dave Grohl style. And and after he was done with it, uh, Axl Rose decided he'd injure himself, and uh, and it was passed on to Axl Rose. Right, so. Um, right, right, and I, so th- I'm trying to
1: remember what it looks like. I mean, it hasn't changed at all, right? I'm assuming it's still still the same throne with the uh, guitar guitar handles pointing up,
0: kind mm-hmm. of like swords. Yep. yep, yep, yep. So, so this is how it came about, Jens, because you're like, who's this band? What is going on? Well, uh, this uh, this guy Wall, he made a comment about hoping to use a throne in a radio program. Social media got the attention of the Foo Fighters management. Uh, and he, he, uh, Dave Dave Grohl, he called me from the MTV VMA awards and Grohl said he, uh, shipped the throne to him at his expense, you know, Dave Grohl paid to ship this to this guy. Uh, Holy shit. And the throne allowed Wall to rest his leg while playing. One change needed to be made to the chair before it was shipped because Wall was shot in his left leg while the chair was built for Grohl who broke his right leg. Uh, Rev Taylor, the band's lead singer believes the throne is a deserved honor. Uh, what he did in Boise was absolutely in character and absolutely an extension of how he lives his day-to-day life. Dave motherfucking Grohl. Every week, I tell you, yes. Every week, right? Incredible. This is, this is how it goes. Like, what is this, right? Seriously?
1: You yeah, know? I
0: mean, like, who does that, right?
1: Dave Grohl yeah. does that. And it's There's exciting. One man- he
0: brings it every single time every single time and you know and as long as he keeps bringing it we'll keep bringing the dave Grohl stories to the program because this is the you know this is the, the heartbeat of this program is dave Grohl stories you love it uh, you know what i so. i would just love to be
1: like in dave's dave Grohl's mind you know for an evening where he's you know, chill on the couch or whatever he does, you know, after his day, what does he do? Like, does he thumb through the internet just looking for (laughs) rock stars who've injured themselves because he, (laughs) because he sees his throne collecting dust, you know, the, the, the tradition needs to continue.
0: Who's the next recipient? (laughs) It's too easy. It's too easy because it's always something different with Dave Grohl, you know, and it's always something amazing, right? Like even bringing Nandy on stage to the 11-year-old badass rock drummer who, challenged yeah. him to a, a, a battle which he in the uh, on stage at the la's forum you know admitted that Aunt nandy outdid him and he compared nandy he's like we've had Beatles, we've had st- we've rocked with stones none of that compares to this girl you know <laughs> as he's introducing her what a right. badass right you know i mean mm-hmm. it's just incredible and i look forward to reading oh, his his memoir as it comes out and hearing many more of these stories you know, some of which I'm sure will bring to the <laughs> the program in the, com- uh, in the coming in the coming weeks. So totally, um, that's our show for today, Jens. Uh, next time on the program, we have a, a guest who is on for the third time, uh, but brings awesome stories as well. And this is Joe Lewis Walker. He has a new album that's coming out in November called Eclectic Electric, uh, and uh, has some cool covers on it. I'll tell you, uh, a cover nice of- new content yeah. from. Mr. Walker. Yeah, eight-minute version of Hotel California, which is pretty awesome. Whoa, yes. no kidding. Yes. Werewolves of London. All she wants to do is dance. You know, I do Square it all. Are you serious? Because, yeah. He's doing Werewolves of London? He is, yes, yes. Please tell me he's going to be wearing his alligator boots. <laughs> I'm sure he will. Yes. Yeah, so when we interviewed him in person at Yoshi's a uh, handful of years ago, he was wearing these awesome alligator boots. And we should have gotten a picture of him, but those were uh, smoking, man. But, but you were very enamored by him and still are yeah. to this day. So, <laughs> totally. Uh, yes. So that's our show for all of us here at Concert Pipeline. That's Jen Schiffel. And that is Steve Jones. We'll catch you next time.
3: See you.